0: Welcome to the Just Joe Podcast, episode 16. Uh, I bring in my good friend, Tim Moyer. He's the front man for Gridley Page. He also runs a company called GP Entertainment that books uh, colleges and uh, does entertainment for colleges and everything. He's been doing this for 25, nearly 30 years in this area, and we're just going to talk about what it's like to be a working musician in this town, give some tips, give some insights and some observations on the past, the present, and the future. Uh, Definitely going to have him back more in the future because we could go on all day about this, but ladies and gentlemen, welcome to... Tim moyer. what's up everybody welcome to episode 16 wow feels like that's a long we've that's we've made it this far without them pulling the plug that's great so welcome to the podcast episode 16 like i said uh this week i have a local to syracuse musician uh good buddy of mine tim moyer say hello tim hello hello how are you tim's been on the scene for i mean how long you've been playing in this, what do you say in the scene in Central New York, Utica and Syracuse area? Like I when think did
1: we started? Like 1876. eighteen seventy um, six. That's about right. No, um, we've been around for like twenty five years now. Believe it or not, pushing yeah. actually, man, I've been playing together, and now the band's pushing almost thirty.
2: Yeah,
0: and you say when um, you say that, then you are like, Jesus Christ.
1: Yeah, no, trust me, it is a, uh, you know look down over the crowd, they keep getting younger and younger every year, too. So. <laughs> Whatever. As,
0: as long as they keep them coming. Um, Tim is known uh, locally now as the lead singer of Gridley Page. Gridley Page has been a, a fixture on the scene here in the Central New York area, mainly right around the Utica, Rome area. They do branch out in this area, but they are down there for... for how long has Gridley Page been a band? Uh, since 97. Yeah, so 20, 23 years. Yeah. And... Yep. Uh, and you've had you had some other projects here and there, yeah. I know you had a train tribute band for a hot minute, and uh, yep. And uh, I
1: looked like the guy, so that's why we we did that for a while. And somebody came to us and they wanted us a promoter wanted us to do a Journey tribute, and I said I don't look anything like Steve Perry, so how about a train tribute? Hey, nobody's doing that. Great, yeah. try it.
0: That's <laughs> true. It, <laughs> it was very short lived. <laughs> yeah, whatever. It was you know, there's a lot of you know, you got to try it to find out what's going on. So. Tim and I, as many of the listeners won't know, is Tim and I have a lot of late night discussions on, on Facebook about you know the business side of things. Him and I play a lot of the same venues. Uh, we, we experience a lot of the same ups and downs in the, the back side of the business, and we kind of console each other, you know emotionally, but a lot of times just, you know, kind of give each other advice about what it's like uh, you know how to navigate the business, because you can be a working musician in this town. Uh it can, it can be, you know, it is my main source of income. Uh, it's a good piece of your income. And some Absolutely. of the people that are in your bands, that is their income as well. So, I mean, it can be done because some people are, well, i got to leave Syracuse. I can't I can't make a living being a musician here. And it's like, no, I. you can. You can. You just... How do I say it? I, I well, mean, I, go ahead. You, you, got, can if
1: you're, you can if you're smart about it. I mean, right. that's the, the thing I think a lot of people... I think a lot of people's egos get in the way. Honestly, uh, 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 of instead of looking at it from a business standpoint of view, which you and I very much do, and, and Bill Ollie does, and, and some of these other ones, but there's some of them that they let their egos get the best of them and voice things out there that shouldn't be voiced. <laughs>
0: right? No, it's and, and it's all well and good, and I know that some people are like, "Well, I don't, I don't want to play that song, or I don't want to play that genre of music," and, and it's like, "Okay, that's cool," but. You're going to hit a wall in certain places as long as you know that. Uh, mm-hmm. You're going to be limited in your options. You're going to be limited in uh, the ways you can make money. And if that's okay, then do that and then make sure that you have other ways to supplement your money. But if you're trying to force it down someone's throat that it's cool, yeah. then if it's not cool, it's not cool. That's why, I like, I mean, out of the 4,000 songs I probably play in Just Joe, I probably really enjoy about 500 of them. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> same here, same here.
0: But this isn't a, this isn't about what I enjoy; it's about what makes me marketable.
1: And, and the thing is, I mean, it's a difference. I mean, we love to, regardless you and myself, we we love to perform, and that's what it's. It, it comes down to is you are, you know, the years. I, I there years ago, I gave up the the fact of being an artist mm-hmm. and be, and concentrated on being the entertainer, and. That's what we are. We're we're entertainers. We love to perform. That's a lot to do with it.
0: I I went to a music conference a number of years ago. It was a very small one. There's a a booking agency based out of uh, Charlotte called um, East Coast Entertainment, and they've been around. They've been around for decades. Probably, (laughs) yeah. You, I mean, I know you know them being in the business that you are. Um, And I went down because I'm friends with the now co-owner, and at the time he was like a lower on the totem pole and he brought me down because I had some mutual friends he brought me down he wanted a musician's perspective but he wanted somebody that wasn't involved in the company and he wanted to mm-hmm. showcase me to his agents to talk about what it's like to be a working musician in the 2000s and what it takes and I went down in there and I I did my little Q&A with them and then I was allowed to kind of just weave in and out of their conference meetings and their you know the different agents and all that and the one thing that I, I took away from that a lot was that they're like, stop thinking that we're in the entertainment business, stop thinking we're in the music business, we're in the memory memory making business. And that stuck with me huge. That that's great. Yeah. I love that. And that was a huge stress from the owners of that company down to their agents and everybody else because, you know, they're they're in the colleges, they're into the weddings, they're into all this stuff. And it's like whether you're going to a concert at the amphitheater, whether you're going to the the gig to see you guys play at the Turning Stone, some people are out to blow off steam that weekend. Some people are having a getaway with their their wife that they haven't been able to get away with for like you know six or eight months. They're out trying to have fun, but make a memory, have stories to tell people. You know, and I, I never looked at it that way. I mean, what, what's your what's your thoughts on that?
1: I love I love that. I love the fact that you are you know we're in the memory making business because. There have been people that have come up, you know, through the years that have come up and said, you know, you were there when I was going through this, and you guys were there for this, and, you know, it, it's pretty pretty special when they come up to you and, and, and say that, and, and, you know, or, hey, thanks for playing that song, man, that threw back a lot of memories, because sometimes it, when you go into that retro sense in, in a show, you give them something that, you know, they're flashing back to our youth in a... In, right. in a sometimes sometimes a better time sometimes a, a tough time but either way it, it it's a memory that they remember and it, you, you're bringing that some of those memories back to them yeah you know we went we recently in the last couple of years we've gone back and in playing a lot of the the late 90s early 2000s which when really was like it is peak and we're, we're doing a lot of original stuff too at that point in time mm. but we went back and did all that pop power pop punk stuff and it's it brought back a lot of nostalgia for a lot of people that they remember that. And I never really analyzed it like that. That's a great point to actually bring it up that you're in the memory business.
0: I love that. Yeah. Whether you're creating one, whether you're bringing them back, whether you're taking one back, bringing it back and creating a new one on top of the one that they had. And that stuck with me. And ever since then, and that was in 2013 or 2014, been five or six years since I did that. It's like, I, apply that every time I'm doing something. Because there's sometimes I'm in the middle of a show doing my my thing, and I'm like, man, I'm playing the same songs over and over again. And I can pick whatever I want. I don't have a set list, but I find myself kind of gravitating towards the same ones. And I'm like, I got all these songs. Let's find something. Like a couple weeks ago, I pulled out an April Wine song just between you and me. And I'm like, like, man, I don't know if anyone's going to know. This is a small little like guy bar that I play. And I played it, and three people's heads snapped around. Snapped they hadn't looked at me all night for two hours. And then the last 20 minutes i played April wine and they snapped and they sang it at the top of their lungs. I'm like, that was cool. Like I haven't played that song in probably eight or nine years. And I pulled it out and it was, and then all of a sudden those three people gave me like five, 10 bucks a piece. (laughs) You know, it's like, boom, made some money. So it's like, that's what these musicians that are getting out there should, you have to keep that in mind. And it's like, if you want to, you check your ego at the door, and just realize that you're, you're you're providing a service for the night, and if you want to get your ego off somewhere else, there's other avenues to do so. But if you want to be a working musician, you gotta kind of let it go.
1: You got it. You, as, as you and I discussed this before on numerous occasions, check the ego at the door and, and just concentrate on being. You know, like I said, being the entertainer. You know, it's you know we can go back into a whole discussion of cover band versus original band kind of thing. But yeah. you know what? If, in upstate in New York, and it's been this way for a long time. To be a very successful, working, constantly working—if you're trying to make this a living—it's it's been a very dominant cover area for for so
0: long. Yeah, even and even they, when the original scene was thriving, yeah, it, the cover cover band scene was still where it was to be made. So th- that's ours. That's what we are, and it's okay. There are some outliers on on the. On that that do make a living playing all original, but they're very few. You know, the only one that yeah. I can keep thinking of is, you know, that does it locally is Mike Powell. Mike Powell is always out there. He's making his living playing originals, but he does it very strategically. He does ticketed shows. He does small little events. He's found his niche. And that's Absolutely. not easy to do. But like very few people can do that. Like Mike maybe play one cover one or two covers once in a while, but when you're going to see a Mike show you gotta do that. But with, with that and the Mike and I have talked about and I wanna have him on here. He has to constantly keep creating to keep freshness to the people that well, are coming
1: absolutely. out. Yeah, but you've got to do that even in a cover band approach. Yes. I mean, you've gotta constantly a lot of bands, in my opinion, sometimes they get comfortable, we get stale. It's like I don't have to I don't wanna practice, I don't wanna learn this. But we're constantly I know you are we are constantly learning new material for yeah. every single show. Yeah. And that's Part of it. I mean, you you got to you got to keep the show fresh. I mean, at one point in time when we were doing the original and the cover thing, I adapted the Cars approach. When the Cars came out, they were probably seventy percent original, thirty percent cover, and I think we got it to like sixty forty. And we were playing with a lot of our friends that were signing. Like, how they asked us, "How are you playing so much?" And, and playing for money. Oh, we still do the covers. I can't. I don't understand that. I'm like. I adapted. We were playing 18 to 20 of our own songs a night. Yeah. That's pretty – I mean, there's bands that are, you know, original bands that aren't even getting that many, and they may get, like, you know, eight or nine.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I mean, that, that goes back. I mean, that's what the Beatles did. <laughs> yep. You know, it's what the Beatles oh, that's did. Cool. That's what Black Sabbath did. That's what those dudes did when they were playing, like, 12, 18-hour days <laughs> in the yeah. clubs that they're doing – they had to play the you know all the ar- old r and b covers the early rock and roll covers, and then they would sit there and try to create or throw in their originals mm-hmm. and stuff like that and that's how they honed it, but this is an age old thing and that's why I hate when it gets down to this whole like I, I haven't heard it that much lately anymore, but now, the cover band the cover band and uh uh original thing and it's like i hate I hate that argument because it's it never no one ever wins, and no one ever proves their point. But I always tell people, I'm like, here's the thing: cover band or original. If you're an original band and you're tr- you're bitching about the people go see cover bands and they're not coming to see you, it's like, who cares? Those people don't want that. That's not what they want to see. So stop trying to get those people. That,
1: that's not your demographic.
0: <laughs> it's not your demographic. <laughs> so stop fucking around and trying to get those people.
1: It, it? You know, like it's, like cover bands. You know, cover bands. People that are going to go out and cover bands are they're out to have a good time, and it's our job to provide them with a good time and a good memory yeah. from that point. So, I mean, that's, you know, as long as you're putting, you know, it goes back to the whole thing with bars or, and we don't, we play mainly casinos now. Right. I mean, if you're putting, if you're putting bodies in the room and you're putting cash in the drawer, then that's our job. Yeah. It's, 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 it's business. And that's, that's why we've been, I think that's why we've been doing it for so long. This is a business. I mean, I'm an S-Corp. I mean, no, I don't know that there's too many bands that I know in the area that have got an S-Corp. And I, I'm am, an S-Corp. I am
0: now officially an S-Corp. All right,
1: <laughs> good? Yeah. Man. yeah. A lot of people take the LLC approach, which is fine, too, but, you know, S-Corp is, you know, there's a lot yes. of... There's apparently
0: this tax ban, but <laughs> I don't know. My my, I just trust my account. My accountant tries to explain it to me, but she shows me the numbers, and I'm just like, "Oh, that makes way more sense." She goes, "Yes, it's going to make way more sense for you in the Uncle Sam I let, approach." Let my know.
1: accountant do it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I let her trust. You know, I trust in her to be able to do that. But um, that's that's what it comes down to, you know. So like, I tell people, it's like, you can be the greatest band in the world and have the greatest musicians in the world, but you got nobody coming to see you, it doesn't matter. But if there's a monkey farting through a microphone and he's putting 500 people through the club and eight to $10,000 bar I every mean, night, that monkey farting through a microphone's going to get all the gigs.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> and you know what? Being in, I, I, during the day, I, I book entertainers and entertainment for college events and, and university events across the country. So, I mean, when I go to these conferences... There are people that I'm completely blown away at, down to the point where, like, perfect example, the guy from The Voice, the very first season of The Voice, his name is Javier Cologne.
2: Yeah.
1: It was very much, to see him play, you're just completely in awe, going, oh my gosh, this guy, there, there's a gift there. Yeah. You know, and he's just mind blowing. But yet, when it goes to the booking thing, the guy that's farting through the microphone is getting like 400 bookings, and Javier is <laughs> getting like, you know, six. Yeah. It's like, I don't, I don't get, I don't, I get it, but I don't get it. It's like this guy is so uber talented, and should be so much farther. I remember after the, after the Voice, I mean, he's back in the college market. He's doing college shows again. Yeah. You know, still, still leaves me in awe every time that you know I can go watch him play and It gives me goosebumps. But you know, he's not putting, he's not putting numbers on the board.
0: Yeah, and 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 that's what it's all about. It's and and consistent. You know, I mean, with as much as I play. You know, and I try to explain this. If someone, it's it's rare that I add new joints to the mix because I I get really weary about adding new joints, especially when they're like, "Hey, we're brand new. Why don't you come start playing our place?" And I'm like, "Oh, I don't want to be your guinea pig. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, exactly. I do not want to be your guinea pig. You know, please don't let, let, let. Why don't you get you know Why don't you get it going and make yourself established before I crush you with my guarantee? Because I'm not gonna. You know, I'm. I'd like to play your place, but you know, like so. It's like when I say that to people, and some people are like, Well, how many people do you draw? I'm like, I have no idea. I'm like, I don't know. I don't I don't count numbers at the door. I play it, I'm all my shows are free. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I can tell you sometimes I'm looking out, I'm like, I know those people are here to see me, but I also know that they hang out here a lot. Right. And then there's people over in the corner that might be there to see me, but I don't know them, you know, so it's like when someone asks me that I'm like I am like our our discussions kind of over with. I'm like, "Hey man, if you, if that's what you're looking at, then I'm not your guy because we I I can't guarantee you anything." Right. Other than I'm going to come to your place and kick ass, but like but when they say that to me, sometimes I'm like, "Well, how many people are going to be at your establishment having dinner that night?" <laughs> what's, yeah, your, I, I know, what's your totally. what's your fucking draw? <laughs> it, exactly. Exactly. Because you know, it's, if I'm responsible for you, if I'm responsible for you making your money that night to pay your bills, I do not want that pressure. That's not my job.
1: Exactly, and that's true too. It's like people. Sometimes I wish that people would look at it like, okay, if you're coming in to do the part, we're in like a joint venture. We're in this. We're in this night together. Yes, we got to. We got to try to. We got to try to make this to work for for the best of both of us. I'm going to bring our A game to you. But, you know, in a way, you can't just expect me to be the one that's, you know, I remember the days of, of you know, where's your following? Like, we advertise on the radio. I mean, I, I mean, how we, we had an advertising budget at one point in time with K-Rock. that was, like, astronomical, you know. And I keep on saying we kind of bought our way under radio because <laughs> we did.
0: What we, I mean, I mean, so, so did everybody budget. else on radio. <laughs> that's what you do. But we allocated
1: money inside it's like okay well this this one goes to this because my father was our business manager at that point in time and so we'd allocate money for advertising expense a month, that's what your advertising expense was and we would come out with a budget and we'd budget that money for, you know, advertising on the radio.
0: Well that that's how I, mean, I that's how the, I learned about you guys. I,
1: I wouldn't want to do that now. <laughs> no. I I don't want to do that. Like I said, that's why we we kinda gone into the casino market because like I said and we just we add to, we keep on adding stuff to the show to make it a little bit different than anybody could see anywhere else. right. So that's why we, we we take that approach with it. But you and I I think have had the discussion too about going into places where we know some of these things we got to bring it, but yet yeah, we, we're background music. yes we're just we're supposed to be there is kind of like ambiance.
0: right you know like as a as a duo. And as Just Joe, I'm very wary about my volume. Absolutely. You know, because, I mean, when you're going to see a band, you want it to be loud. It's going to Absolutely. be loud. No one's going to be like, guy, you guys got to need to turn down it. I mean, you'll get one guy or maybe that. But, like, if we're playing at somewhere like, uh, somewhere like One Jenny or if I'm at Jake's Grub and Grog or stuff like that, I want people that are sitting down having dinner that might be literally five feet away from me to be able to enjoy their conversation.
1: Absolutely that's our job right and there's, there's a lot of people that don't 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 look at it that, day, that way I mean there's a couple of them that you know I think there's a couple of places that we both play that you know we're, we have got to keep the the volume down anyways and I'm always very conscious like are we too loud And usually ask the bartender if we're too loud just give us a signal that we'll just turn down because like right. I said Matt, Matt's notorious at that kind of keeping the levels lower right, right and they go no actually you can turn it up right yeah, but those people that are in front of you, as you said before, those people are in front of you are trying to talk.
0: Right, but I get compliments at the end of the night, being like, "Man, you weren't you weren't that loud. It was kind of it was nice. That was nice that we could have a conversation. But we were listening to you, and and um, you know, so you know, thank you for you know for that. So it's like that's important to me. And if anything, sometimes people do tell me like, "Hey, man, you can turn it up a little bit," <clears throat> you know, Absolutely. you know. And that's another thing for as a working musician, you have to realize that. Listen, you're part of the entire place that's going on. You're part. You're there's great chicken wings. There's great veal marsala, and there's some music today. <laughs> it's part well, of the gotta, part of the menu.
1: I, I think a lot of it's got to do with the. you know, I'd rather have somebody come up to you and say, "Hey, can you turn it up?" Than somebody go, "Can you turn it down?" Because if they're coming up to say, "Can you turn it down?" To me, it's like, okay, then, then you know, that's that's kind of like I I'd, again much rather seeing come up to is a compliment
0: to say, Hey, can you turn it up? Yeah. And oh. turn it down. The worst is like when you're setting up and like a couple sitting down at the table near you and they're looking at you and they're giving you the stink eye like, nah. like, I'm like, I'm sorry, but this is where I'm supposed to set up tonight. I'm um, you know, and then they they go over to the the waitress or the, the the hostess and be like, We need to sit way the fuck over there. <laughs> and that's <laughs> well, fine. You, know? you
1: do have those people that that, that come in the, to watch you play, you know, in your 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 door or acoustic act or whatever, and they want to, hey, are you playing something that's dancing? Can you play something upbeat that we can dance to? It's, <laughs> it's I'm playing a guitar.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I'm playing a piano. What do you want me to do? Like, well, just pick it up a little bit. I'm like, I don't know what that means. I'm like, I'm playing uppity songs right now. I don't what the fuck you want me to do. <laughs>
1: You know, and that that resorts back to you know. There's a couple of things, that, and and we've gotten so even as it, 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 we play more, you you our builds more. And I, I like to look at it like a kind of thing where we interact with people because there's got to be some sort of interaction to make that connection, right? At some point in time of the night, and so you can walk away with saying, "Hey, I left with those people having a good time," you know. So you you know, in, in the back of our mind, still, it's like, okay, cool, we did we did did the right thing, so
0: yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I mean and and all these things have to come into factor and that's what I tell everybody that, you know, wants to start doing this more. I have, I had this conversation with Bill Ali, a local mm-hmm. guy around here when he was like I think I'm going to quit my day job and do this full time. And I told Bill he was fucking nuts because I'm like Bill, you're 40 you're, you're 40. This isn't a decision you make when you're 40. <laughs> no. This is a decision when you make when you're 27, but if you're going to do it at 40, let's do it this way, you know, like he was he was more than willing to like play the game, I'm like, all right, I wouldn't suggest this to anybody else, but you know what you're doing, so let's do this, you know, but...
1: Right, I mean, the same thing, I mean, I did the same thing with Gary Johnson, uh, who's another local guy, and he was playing with a band, and I wanted to see him play uh, locally, and I even said to him, because he was playing with Jeffrey, my brother, Uh in a band called Dashboard Nixon, I went to him, I said, why are you playing in a band? I said, you can make more money doing this acoustically by yourself if you let me take the reins and book you into colleges, and Gary was booked, like, nonstop. Yeah. And, but I told him, I said, you got, also got to keep in mind, in the college market, you have to have an exit strategy, too, because that's not going to last. No. Until you, you get 70. So, yeah. make the money where you can, and, and bank it, if you can. Right. Because it, it ain't going to, it isn't going to last forever. No, that's, not, that's, that's And there's a lot of people that, yeah. a lot of people think, I think that's the other thing, too, as you well, well know too, is there's a lot of people don't know. Okay, I need to give up. You know, <laughs> I've seen some of those scenarios too. Yeah.
0: I've I've seen people completely defeated. They were very heavily working musicians. I don't want to mention any names because I don't want to bring, I don't want to depress them in any ways. But no. I watch guys that were playing four or five nights a week, two hundred, three hundred times a year to like. I I think they play like five gigs a year and I think they're working day jobs and they don't really talk about it that much. And it's like they felt defeated, but they didn't, they didn't grow. I mean, my thing is, is like, I know I can't like, I've transitioned to more into private events, more upscale restaurants and casinos. And that's where my crowd is going. Like if someone calls me like, yeah, you know, we're looking for entertainment from like 10 to one on a Saturday night. I'm like, I know. Unless it's a casino, I'm like, I don't want nothing to do with it because I'm literally going to be completely out of touch with your crowd. Absolutely. And that that late at night. And I don't care how much money you're going to offer me, it's just not going to be a good situation for us. You know, it's rare Uh that I take those gigs anymore. But
1: that's smart because, I mean, the the thing to keep in mind, too, is at some point in time, yes, you you, you transition into casinos and you transition into corporate, and that's where – that's where the money is. I mean, that's where you need to go to after a while. I mean, to be young again and be able to say, I'm going to take on the world, I mean, that's a different story. Right. Now you got to be smart about it. Now this is where the business part of the business comes in. Yeah. You know, because there's a lot of people that don't, you know, yeah, As we're young, we want to be famous. We want to, you know, and, and you're talking to every, you know, talking to a record label, and record labels We'll grab you by the hand, as you well know, and say, you want to be famous? I'm going to take everything that you're going to make <laughs> and take it from you, right. okay? If you want to make it famous, I'll, we'll make you famous. You won't have a dime to your name, right. but, but woman, you will be famous.
0: You will be famous. Be, and,
1: and, and, you know, I think that was the thing that soured our deal is I was too much of the business guy. I knew too much. I knew where, with my attorney, where to ask for points on an album and I remember the guy that was talking to us. Where did you learn that? I read books. Yeah. You know, if you know where the avenue where the where that stream is making the money for the record label, I'm jumping on that raft too. I yeah. don't want to be that guy living in, in one studio, in, a, in a studio apartment in New York City. Yeah, great. I'm famous. Great. I, I have. I want to. I want to be able to pay my bills.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I, I
1: think had... that was that was the turning point. And then that, that's when the point is like. All right, then I'm gonna become the entertainer,
0: yeah. you know. I, I had that conversation, the band Clutch, who we toured with a couple oh, yeah. times. Uh, no, I remember came, them. They came to town, it was a few years ago, and I went out to see them, and, and the drummer, JP, saw me like during soundcheck, and he said, hey man, you know, he recognized me and remembered me, and him and I got mm-hmm. talking, and him and I were sitting in the back room having a beer, just kinda of shooting the shit. And he's like, so, you know, what are you doing? He goes, obviously, your band, the band. I'm like, yeah, the band kind of fell apart and I did this. And he goes, well, what have you been doing? And I explained to him what I've been doing. He's like, he put his hand out and he's like, dude, you figured it out. I go, figured out what? I go, I feel like I got defeated because you we want to make it his band. He's like, no, man, you figured out how to pay your bills and you still get to play music. Like, how cool is that? You know, it's like, that was huge. Cause that was probably about two or three years after I left Brand New Sin and I was still kind of feeling this thing of Brand New Sin and didn't really know what's going on. But when he said that to me, I'm like, you know what? You're right, dude. And you know he had respect. And He goes, and you know what? He goes, you get to stay in your own bed every night. <laughs>
1: Absolutely, and that's that's something that I, I and how, how am I going to phrase this? When we were doing the demo work for for the GP album, yeah. we were stay We did we did all the work at Hall and O's Studio. We worked with Daryl Hall and John O's, a producer and engineer. So. As we sat there, I remember having the conversation with him one late night as we were doing vocal tracks. He made the comment to me. He said, if you get in the circle, make friends. Because if you can network in the circle, once you're out of the circle, you're still part of the circle. And it made perfect sense. Because, you, you know, I was able to still network my way even when I got out. You know, it's like, I still, you know. And my father always used to say, too, the other important thing, too, is, you know, be careful on who you step on on the way up the ladder because there's going to be another side of that ladder and those people remember you. So I never burn a bridge. And there's a lot of people that that are burning bridges. And I'm like, don't.
0: (laughs) No, no. I mean, we could go on and on about this, but I have a subject that I want to I want to use this to wrap this up is where do you see? Like, I keep seeing all of us in the same circuit. You know, and all us, a lot of us old salty dudes, you know, been the crusty old salty dudes that have been playing the circuit for a long time, all doing it. And every once in a while, I see a newer cat or stuff like that. But like, I am not seeing the twenty somethings that are out there, kind of starting to like, who's going to take over for us? And I'm not just talking acoustic guys doing that type of thing. The bands. I'm like, there's going to be a severe gap happening in the next five to ten years when we're all just a little too old you know we're not too old but we're just like you know we're transitioning into different parts of our career career five days a week (laughs) right you know my plan isn't i got other stuff in in place i'm still going to be in the entertainment business still doing what i'm doing but i but where's there's going to be a huge falling off and i don't know if it's it's going to become a thing of the past or Somebody's younger musician is going to realize that, hey man, maybe I should start doing this. But I'm—is it me or do you, are you not seeing? No, well,
1: we we we. As a matter of fact, Matt, myself, and I think Dave King. I think we all had this conversation before. And if we think about it, going back to remember the, there was the days of 805 and stuff. Yeah. So there was a gap between that and, like the the mid nineties. I mean, yes, there were bands out there, and they were you know trying to put you know do stuff, but it didn't really take off again for bands until nineties, and then all these bands came in but right now if you were looking at it i don't know who's gonna come up yeah. who's coming along the ranks that i mean usually i've got my finger pretty much on the pulse but as you stated before we are seeing the same guys in the circuit yeah pretty much of okay it's these guys this guy this guy and what i like about the scene right now joe and it is i think you agree too is you know it's everybody likes each other now yeah i mean Back in the '80s, it's like, "Hey, man, good show." And then they turn around and you take the knife out of your back right. because that's the way that the people used to do it. Yeah. But I, I so much appreciate the way that the scene is now, and I, I think it's because I think because we've gotten older too, and we've gotten so we appreciate each other. Well, maybe. I think
0: I, you know our testosterone levels are gone down. You know. Yeah. And I think <laughs> you know, and, and and our perspective on how things work and how like how this really we're really helping each other and, you know, and a lot of us playing the same projects. I mean, shit, your band, half your band's Three Inch Fury, you know? So it's yeah. like, there you go. It's like another one of the big areas draws are the guys that are in Gridley Page, you know? And there's other bands that all kind of like, hey, that guy's over there and that guy's over there. I even had a conversation with a band from Rochester the other day about, you know, because I miss being in a band. And like Brand New Sin is back together, but we're not going to ever be like super active because we're an original band. We don't, we're not going to tour. So like we have to be careful about how much we play because I don't want it to become not cool or all right. of a sudden not an, I want to make it an event every time I play. Absolutely. But at the same time, I miss kind of being in, in a band and I don't have to do it all the time. I just want something that I'm doing, you know, maybe twice a month. Maybe once a month like that, you know, and that's what But I'm just like, oh my god, the work to put into that to put a band together and put the repertoire together. It's like, why isn't there just a band out there that just needs me? And I don't want to be a business part of it. I just want to show up, kick ass, get paid, and leave. You know. But I want yeah, to get. Yeah, no, I, I get that. I think off, we but, talked about this before too. <laughs> yeah, we have talked about this before. So We've it's talked like on new occasions. So, so you know, but I mean, I'm. You I'm hit it. I'm worried, about, I'm worried about the next generation, but I'm also wondering if that's going to be a thing for, enter, you know, I mean, there's going to be need for entertainment, but, you know, I understand EDM is a huge thing, but is that going to be something that someone's going to be going to, like, the corner bar to hang out, <laughs> you know?
1: Uh, some of the acts that are coming up that I see when I go to these conferences, and I mean, they're all across the country coming in. I mean, some of the bands that are coming up along the ranks, I mean, there'll they'll be a bass player or a lead singer guy and a guy spinning tracks they're not like bands anymore they're not you know you know guys that they're playing loops and singing right. over loops and i'm just kind of like going this is this is where is this going and i i, I said to Dave thing not too long ago i said the next generation has me scared
0: yeah i i'm a little said, i'm a little worried too you know and i'm like and I think these bars and restaurants and everything that really rely on the entertainment to really like drive their businesses and their bar sales on the weekends should be mm-hmm. fucking worried too because that's, you know, that's how they keep people there after dinner hour. You know, like, hey, man, do you, we, they'll finish dinner and if it's quiet, they'll be like, yeah, we'll just go home. And they're like, hey, man, this guy's, or this guy's pretty good or this band's pretty good. We want to get another drink and just go up to the bar for a little while. And next thing you know, they're there for two, three hours, know. you know, and that's and how we make the dinner. Right. You know, so it's 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 really interesting and I I knew that you probably had that perspective but I know maybe one or two kids and I call them kids cuz they're in their early to mid 20s that are doing it And every once in a while I try to throw them a bone and I haven't had a right. conversation with them like listen man like I understand you're doing this cool little thing but like you know if you want to look down the road start thinking about this you know because there ain't nobody else doing what you do and you might be able to just freaking swoop in and be the next just joe or the next you know you know, you might be able to swoop these gigs that you don't even know exist yet, you know?
1: It's it, in the Utica area, too. I mean, it's tough because, I mean, like I said, the some of the ones, and, and when we do have a night off or a, an occasion where I can get out to see a band, it's like, okay, you know, there's still guys that are a couple years younger than us trying to do it. It's like that 20, there's a gap between uh, 35 and 18 yeah. that is, that I'm, that, that's missing in the scene now. Yeah. Back when we were younger, that used to be pretty much the dominant part of the scene because people would go and, as you know, it, it, it started out with, hey, come see my band play. You're 18, 19 years old, and now they're going to bars. you know, And I remember days that People would sneak in to see Gridley that they weren't even they shouldn't even be in a bar. <laughs> right. but
0: that's how, how
1: people that, and that's how your following grew.
0: That's that's a social now, media now, culture and someone's like, well, n- nobody's picking up guitar. No one wants to like be a rock star anymore. I'm like, no, they just want to be famous and they're realizing absolutely. that someone who's doing something stupid on Instagram or TikTok or whatever the thing is that's happening. They're becoming famous and they'd rather instead of picking up a real talent. Try to find something goofy to just get Instagram followers and everything. And that's what that generation is looking at. That's how they're trying to become famous, not by actually having a talent whatsoever.
1: I mean, we work with people from TV. I work with people that are on TV and created Justin Wilman's on, on on Netflix now. But honestly, I got people that from AGT and stuff like that. But I told them, I said, you can mention to this generation, and unless you have a YouTube channel or you are a, a Netflix star. They don't care. No. Nope. If you had to hit on NBC, it wouldn't matter now. No, I, I, I had this conversation like, with, my, with
0: my stepdaughter the other day, and uh, I was talking to her before the Super Bowl, and she's like, so and so is going to be a, on a commercial at the Super Bowl. I'm like, who? She's like, oh, she's a TikTok star. I'm like, what does she do? She goes, oh, she just dances. She kind of dances <laughs> to like 10-second videos, and she's making like a million dollars for this, this commercial for TikTok. I'm like, and she showed me some of her videos. I'm like, all right, but what happens? After she, like, there's another person. It's going to be, like, tomorrow, and then, like, she's going to be gone. I hope she's being smart with her money, <laughs> you know? The 15 seconds of fame is
1: down to, like, literally down to five seconds. Yeah. Because it's, it's just such a small window that you have to hit. There was a college that I just saw that just had a YouTube sensation, which I didn't even know who the person was my daughter did. <laughs> uh, had them down in New Jersey. They had a police escort. You thought it was the Beatles. Curl screaming as he walked outside like literally screaming i'm like i said to my daughter i'm like can you show me this guy so i look, saw her, i'm like i don't get this i don't get I'm it like, oh, he's hilarious
0: Doesn't, like we're he's official, gonna, he we're he officially filmed,
1: old he filmed himself doing something stupid that was just dumb i could have done that you know
0: <laughs> and i could have been famous cuz i did it uh, so, if we ha- if we only had smartphones and stuff when we were younger right, we could no, be no, famous i'm glad we didn't have smartphones no, I'm glad we didn't it, actually, <laughs> you're right <laughs> All right, man. Well, I I I definitely want to have you back because, and and the next time I want to bring Matt in and I want to have us all in the studio and powwow. Absolutely. You know, because I really think, I really like, I think the next time I want to have you back on, I want to talk about stories, like the craziest shit we've seen in our. As as
1: long as it's not.
0: as long as we can curse and swear <laughs> Oh, yeah. We can we can do whatever we want in here. This is, you know, so the thing is, is I want to talk about like the, the craziest shit that we see, whether at our gigs or after a gig or before a gig. That's the next thing, but I really want to talk some business with you this time. We had, so We had that
1: discussion. One night online, I remember yeah. that
0: was oh, a good thing. We <laughs> got to have it. I mean, because we could bring it, we could be a round table discussion. Who knows what it might turn into? It was so, Bob Stanford that
1: brought that up before. That's what it was. Who was it? Bob, because Bob was the stuff that you guys see. I'm like, oh, oh yeah, something you,
0: you'd be shocked. Yeah, you'd be shocked. <laughs> you should be shocked. So, Tim, thank you so much for being on. Thanks for having me I uh, And it. I'll be talking with you soon, brother. Take care. You got it, buddy. All right, man. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, my album pick of the week, and this one come, kind of kind of comes out of left field. There's a singer-songwriter, and he's been a huge songwriter, and he's written songs like Living on a Prayer, I Was Made for Loving You, Angel, um, the list goes on and on. The guy's name is Desmond Child, and he just made a live record where he does all these hits, not all the hits, but a good portion of them and tells the stories. It's a fascinating little uh, insight to hear um, him talk about the songs that he wrote and hear his interpretations on them, so check out Desmond Jasmine Child Ladd.